What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 111 of Ask Pat. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without you, because you are the one who asks the questions that make this show possible. So thank you all to the amazing people who ask questions here on the show. If you have a question you'd like potentially featured, head on over to Ask Pat and just ask right there. And the show wouldn't be possible without our amazing sponsors. And this one is a crowd favorite. This is ZipRecruiter.com. You know, if you're going to hire anybody in your business to help you out in some way, shape, or form, it can be really difficult to find the right candidate. And there are a ton of sites out there where you can post a job description and get candidates for that position you want filled. Well, now your life is going to be made much easier with ZipRecruiter because you can post to 50 plus job sites at once with a single click. You don't have to waste time anymore, and they'll even highlight the best candidates for you, making it easy for you to hire the right person fast. So try it out right now for free. If you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Pat, again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Pat. Now let's get to today's question from Laura. Hi, Pat. My name is Laura Aigueta, and my site is latinizadigital.com. My question is about languages and websites and podcasts. My target audience are Latino entrepreneurs who mostly are bilingual, but a percentage of them may prefer to consume content in Spanish. So, should I separate my website and podcast feed into two separate entities for each language? Or it'll make more sense to mix it to English and Spanish under the same website, like you have AskPad within SPI. And in the podcast scenario, you would be recording one episode in English, another in Spanish within the same feed. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And also, how do you think this decision would affect page rankings, SEO, and my ability to reach my audience? Thank you so much for everything that you do, Pat. You're awesome. Un abrazo or a hug. Laura, thanks. Laura, thank you so much for your question. And you know, this this question might seem like an easy one on the surface. You know, your audience is bilingual. What's the best way to create a multilingual website? What about SEO? It's pretty complicated, actually, because there's a thousand and one different ways to do it. And But I did do some research for this question because I was really interested, and I know there are a lot of people out there who also have bilingual websites. Well, the trick is, and, and probably the easiest thing to consider, is the fact that Google likes to see one language per page. I mean, a little there could be a little bit of, of a second or third language on a page, you know, to sort of direct people who may prefer that second language, but Generally speaking, Google, for SEO purposes, prefers to see one language per page. Not necessarily per website, but per page. Because think about it, those pages are what show up in the results. And in order to give the user at the end who searches the best experience, they're going to want that one page with the language that is best suited for them. So that hopefully helps guide you a little bit. But... There are a lot of other things to think about. You talked about a, a feed. I think it's important that you know, in on the feed level, people can subscribe to the language that they prefer. So, for a podcast, for example, it wouldn't make sense to, uh, you know, or it would be inconvenient for a person to get two episodes: one in Spanish and one in English, or one in German and one in French. You know, it would just not make sense because that other one wouldn't be useful at all. It would just be you know wasted space in somebody's phone when they get that new episode coming their way. So whatever language people prefer, they should have a fee that is specific for that language, both for text and for 
podcasts as well, and even for videos if that's the case. Now, there are other different ways to handle it. Sites like Mashable, for example, they have different WordPress sites, but on the same domain. So what I mean by that is, for example, there's Mashable.com for English, and there's fr.mashable.com for France. And, you know, this is where it gets a little bit technical, and I apologize if this is a little in over your head. It was a little bit over mine as well. And uh, probably the best advice I can give you is to find a site that you know is multilingual and see what that experience is like. And if possible, try to get a contact of the blog owner to see what has worked for them. You know, contacting a site like Mashable might be, you know, impossible, but there are perhaps other bilingual sites out there who have a great user experience that you could tap into to see how they do it. But let me continue with this, you know, individual WordPress sites on the same domain. I like this because... It, you know, it's good when the sites are not, you know, translated, like using a third party, you know, plugin or some type of equation or algorithm to actually give you a translation. Like, you you know, when, you know, you push a button sometimes and you translate it from, you know, uh, language Lex, ang- language or language X to language Y, it's like not ever a perfect translation. What this does, the individual WordPress sites, is it actually is written in that language. It's completely different content in each language. You know, So for Mashable, for example, Mashable has different writers and editors per language, and the France version is run completely independent. So that could be a great way to go. And then you could serve those. Uh, what, one thing you could do is on the English version, for example, you could say, hey, would you prefer this in Spanish? Click here. That would take them to Spanish.Mashable.com or whatever, you know, whatever the domain it actually becomes for that separate WordPress individual site. Um, Or in addition to that, in addition to having people select their preference uh, and and taking it to that separate site, which that site in itself would be SEO optimized for people for that language in that specific region as well, you could serve the region-specific domain to people who are coming from that region. There are ways to do that based off of IP. So you can, you know, you probably noticed this before. If you've ever traveled overseas, you know, maybe you're in Germany, you type in google.com, the English one, well, it'll automatically redirect you because it knows your IP address. It knows you're in Germany to google.de. I think that's the German one. Or if you're in the Philippines, for example, it redirects you to google.ph. So I think that would be the best way to go. There are other ways to handle it, but to me, I think for SEO purposes and just for organizational purposes and to make sure that you're getting the uh, best out of each of those sites and not just some wonky translation that you're not sure is always going to be correct, treating those WordPress installations differently. You know, you could probably use the same theme. You just have different content writers or different times of writing one and one, and then what you'd have to do is when you add new content on one, you simply copy, paste, or have somebody translate and put that version in the second language on the other. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not the same content. Maybe there are specific pieces of content for those different languages that are only relevant for that specific language. And, uh, you know, you could treat them almost as two different sites. Now, that would also help in terms of the feed because the feeds are really important. Think about it from a user perspective. If, If I'm getting, if I have one feed, and on that feed is an English version and then also a Spanish version or a, another language. That, that other language, for me personally, isn't going to really help me. It's actually just going to be kind of annoying and it's going to take up space in my phone or my device when all I want is the English version. So for feeds specifically, I would make sure that you have a feed specific for English and, and specific for the other language as well. And you can easily do that using that uh, those different WordPress sites, you know, 
literally having just a different uh, folder in your root domain that has a completely new WordPress installation, and that could be that could be specifically for your second language. So I hope that helps, Laura. I mean, I know that's a lot, and I would definitely do a little bit more research, try to find somebody technical who has done this before, or find another website who has an experience that you want to mimic as well, and uh, ask them for advice or see how they do it and see how you can adapt that as well. Thank you again so much, Laura, for your question. I really appreciate it. An Ask Pat t-shirt is going to be headed your way. And of course, if you have a question you'd like potentially featured here on the show, just head on over to Ask Pat. And as a reminder, I want to thank today's sponsor, Zip recruiter.com if you go to zip slash pat you could try it out for free and you can see just how easy it is to hire amazing people for you and your business you can get the best candidates by posting to 50 different job sites at one spot zip recruiter.com with just one single click you could save a ton of time and i gotta tell you a lot of ask pat listeners have used zip and love it so again zip slash pat and as always I'm going to end with the quote of the day. And this quote comes from Seth Godin. And that quote is, once you free yourself from the need for perfect acceptance, it's a lot easier to launch work that matters. Cheers, thanks so much. And I'll see you the next episode of Ask Pat. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.